0: Enjoy the message.
1: You know, the Bible is very clear that if we want to change our life, we need to change the way we think. Because it is what we think that determines what you do. Behind every action, there is a belief. There is a thought. Whatever you think will determine the actions that you make. What you think determines the way of life. The way you live is greatly connected to your thought life, to what fills your head. And the question this morning is, if you want to change, you need to change your mind. You need to change your way of thinking. You know, I've met people who have straight out, directly told me, Pastor, I don't think people can change. I don't think people change. I think people modify. I think people give off appearances. I think people temporarily change, but I don't think true lasting change can happen. And you know, my suspicion, my suspicion, and I'm not a professional psychologist or nothing like that, but my suspicion is that a lot of times people that say People don't change. They're really talking about themselves. They're really giving themselves a a, a door. They're giving themselves an excuse to say, I've always been this way and I'm always going to be this way. As far as I can remember, I've been doing it this way. I've been acting this way. And I don't think nothing can change me. But that's where the truth of God comes into play. Because God tells us in his word very clearly that indeed we can change, that in fact he wants to change us. Look at what Romans 12 says. This is a very well-known passage. Uh, Many of you may even know it by memory. Look at what Paul writes to the church in Rome and he says, he says, do not act Like the sinful people of the world, right? And it's obviously talking about ungodly behavior, those things that don't reflect Christ. He says, do not act like sinful people of this world. Let God what? Change your life. How does God change your life? First of all, let him give you a new mind. Then you will know what God wants you to do, right? Right? It's like, we want to focus. Uh, I get a lot of people that ask, Pastor, what do I need to do to be a good Christian? Do I need to tie? Do I need to go to church? Do I need to evangelize? Yes, you got to do all those things. But the first thing you got to do is you got to let God change your way of thinking. Right. Because if your thinking doesn't change, then all those things become things that you don't enjoy. They become burdens. They become weights in your life. He says, then you will know what God wants you to do. And the things you do will be good and pleasing and what? Perfect. Look at how the New Living Translation uh, says it. He says, but let God transform you into what? A new person, a new creation. How? How does God change us? by, By coming to the pastor so that he can put oil on us? How does God change us? By giving us a new mind by changing the way you think. See, God says very clearly that if you want to change your life, you got to change what's up here. If what's up here doesn't change, what you do out here is very likely not going to change. Now, listen to me. This is the reason why Satan fights so aggressively for your mind. Because he knows that if he can control your mind, he can control your life. If Satan can fill your thought life with lies and deception and fear and and, and just ugliness, well, then he has control over your mind. You know, the mind is not a neutral place. The mind is a battlefield. It is, there's a constant battle going on in our mind where the enemy wants to fill us with his lies and God wants to fill us with his truth. And the way you approach change, if you approach change by saying, well, what do I need to change about the way I think, about the things I believe so that I can change the things that I do? You know, this past uh, Monday and Tuesday my wife and I, we went to a two-day marriage counseling intensive. And uh, by intensive, I thought that, uh, you know, we would have two, three-hour sessions with the therapist uh, who happens to be a four-square minister, and then we would have some downtime to maybe you know, enjoy each other, go have lunch, and then we would come back. And, and no, intensive meant we got there at 8.30 and we didn't finish till 9.30 at nine and only got like 45 minute lunch break and dinner break and, and it was intensive. Now, now let me tell you something just so you could get to know me, right? I I, I love Lorena. I love There's no doubt that I love her. But we don't always get along because God made us different right? We don't always get along and we have our, our hard times and so and so. So my approach to these two days was I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to open up about all the things that bother me about her and that she needs to change. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not going to seek to hurt her, but I'm just going to open up And and let's talk about all her problems, about the things she does that get on my nerves and the things that I do that get on her nerves. Let's just put it all on the table and let's fix it. You know, we got about an hour of that. (laughs) And the rest of the time, we spent it discovering what are the things that we believe that are determining the things we do. Because see, at the top, you have your behavior, your actions. Think of an iceberg, right? An iceberg, what is it? 90% of the iceberg is underwater. At the top, you have the behavior, the things that you do, the impatience, the, the, the not packing my lunch, the, 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 <laughs> the honking when you're taking too long. You see the behaviors, right? And under those behaviors, you have the feelings, right? Because your feelings affect a lot of what you do, right? So you have those feelings that I'm just so annoyed. I've been putting up with him for 20 years, right? You have those feelings. But under those feelings, you have the things that you believe. There's some things that you and I believe because of our experiences of or the things that happened to us or the things that were said to us or just things that, that we've told ourselves, right? Like like I'm unlovable or, or nobody really notices me. And it is those things that we believe that affect the, the way we feel that determine the actions that we make. Are you following with me? And one of the things that we did this weekend that was so amazing was that, we identified what were those things that Lorraine and I believe about ourselves. Not just so much about our marriage, but just about ourselves. And here's the best part. Here's the best part. Not only did we did that, but the most important thing we did is that once we identified those things we believed, we asked God what he had to say about the things we believe. You know how liberating and powerful that is? So you see, You need to change what you think to change what you do. You want to change your life? You have to change your mind. How do we do this, pastor? I'm glad you asked. So let me give you three ways to change your way of thinking. Are you ready? Number one, to change your way of thinking, you got to cleanse your inner being. The first thing we got to do is we got to cleanse our inner man, our inner being. Now, you have to understand that the reason we need to cleanse the inside is because our inside has been contaminated, has been corrupted by sin. Let me explain. Please follow with me. This is very important, okay? When God created us, the Bible says that he created us in his image and in his likeness. The word image is where the word imagination comes from. You could say that God imagined you before he created you. That God imagined the world and then he created it. That God imagined the planets and then they were created. In fact, everything that exists, exists because God first imagined it. And when God created us in his image and in his likeness, he gave us, he gave us the same ability to be able to imagine. We don't have the same creative power as God does, but we do have a reflection of his imagination. We can imagine, we can see things. In fact, everything that you see around you was imagined by somebody before it was created somebody picture that chair that you were sitting on before it was created somebody imagine that there could be an instrument that you could hit keys and sound could come out of everything we see was created in somebody's mind are you ready for this in our christian world it's called having faith it's seeing something before it's a reality. It's believing something before it actually happens. God created us with the ability to imagine. But when sin entered our world, our imagination, instead of being used to glorify God, to delight in God's goodness, became corrupted. And instead, we started, we started imagining evil things. We started having negative thoughts. Look at what Genesis 6, 5 says. One of the first uh, beginning chapters of the Bible. Look at what it says. The Lord observed the extent of the human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they what? Thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Their thoughts. Became corrupted and distorted by sin. So now our imagination was used to imagine fear, was used to imagine uh, indifference, was used to imagine hate, was used to imagine being belittled. And that is why, that is why Jesus says the following in Matthew 23 26. Look at what he says. He says, First, wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will what? Will become clean. See, if we are going to change the way we think so that our life changes, well, the first thing we need to do is we we need to wash our inner being. And Jesus uses this illustration. He says, first wash the inside of the cup, and then the outside is going to be clean. You know, growing up at home, I I, I enjoyed having a clean house. My mom says that not only am I the favorite, but I was always the most clean one of all my siblings. And to this day, Lorena doesn't think that, but my mom does think that. Um, And I would always help my mom. I didn't mind helping my mom vacuum. I didn't help my mom dusting. I didn't help uh, doing all these things. But there were two things that I hated doing when I lived with my mom. Two things. Washing dishes and throwing out the trash. <laughs> then I got married. And guess what are the two things that I do the most at home? <laughs> Wash the dishes. And th- I, I don't want to make it sound like Lorena doesn't do anything and I'm the one that does everything. I'm just saying a lot of like my, 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 my cooperation, my, my work at home revolves around washing dishes and throwing out the trash. Now, let me tell you something. I used to hate it. And I don't enjoy it now, but I've sort of become a freak when it comes to washing dishes. (laughs) I don't know who it was in our family, I could never figure it out, but there was somebody in our family that when we had family get togethers, they, they would volunteer to wash the dishes. And then I would go and grab a cup of coffee and make myself a coffee and didn't notice the dirt in the coffee till what? It was too late. Right, the rim wasn't clean. The knives—I mean, the tip was clean, but you, when you got towards the end of the knife, you saw the meat and the sauces from the pre—right? And it's gross, right? Isn't it gross for you to go and and you know, I'm just gonna serve myself a nice cold cup of soda, and and, and you're getting ready to drink it, and you see little fishes floating, and and it's not—they're not your fishies. They're 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 fishies from from the dirt of the cup that hadn't been cleaned. And see, here's the thing. You don't notice it till it's too late. And if you've already served your cup of coffee, the coffee is what? Wasted. The outside doesn't matter. But if the inside is dirty, then the whole thing is what? Useless. That's the imagery that Christ has in mind. That's why he says, you got to clean the inside before you could deal with the outside. You know, in our life groups, we've been going through the book of Colossians and that's what Paul writes to the Colossians. He says, hey, your works, what you do doesn't matter when it comes to salvation. Your works do not merit you salvation. Salvation but your works only matter as a response to your relationship with God. They don't earn you salvation and they don't earn you God's love, but because of God's love, you respond. See, you have been impacted so that then something can happen. Amen. So you may be asking, well, pastor, how do I cleanse the inside? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me give you two ways. Number one, To cleanse your inner being, the first thing you gotta do is you gotta deal with sin quickly. You gotta deal with sin quickly. We all sin. Steve, you still sin once in a while, right? You're not a practicing sinner, but you sin, right? Pastor Manolo, I'm with you all the time. I know you sin. (laughs) Gail, you still sin once in a while, right? All right, let let, let me ask a few ladies. Rosa, Rosa, I know you're wonderful. I know you're wonderful. (laughs) David is so lucky to have you. But as wonderful as you are, you still sin sometimes, right? What about you, Raina? You saw, I wish you could see the face she gave me. I think she was, she was sinning as she was sitting back there. Right? We all sin. So the thing that we need to do is that we need to deal with sin quickly. Look at what Psalms 51, 2 and 3 in verse 10 says. David, David, right? And David is writing this. Do you want to know when David is writing this? After the whole incident with Bathsheba. After he took another man's woman, impregnated her, lied about it, and then got her husband killed. And look at what David writes. Look at what he tells God. He says, wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. He's not excusing it. He had done plenty of that. But he gets to a point where he says, hey, I got to deal with this. How do I deal with it? Not by pretending it didn't happen, but by confessing it to God. And he says, wash me clean from my guilt, purify me from my sins, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Listen to me. Nothing destroys your life like sin does An unresolved sin will destroy your life so the way you cleanse your inner man is by dealing with sin quickly picture this picture this picture your cars making a funny noise it just drives funny right so you say you know i think i need to take it into the mechanic and have them look at it And once you take it in, your mechanic, after he examines it, he says, you know what? I'm so glad you brought your car in because your brakes are gone and they could have faltered at any moment and it could have been very dangerous for you and the people within your car. I'm so glad you didn't wait any longer because before you go on, we need to change them. What if you said, I have time to do that right now I gotta go pick up the kids from school and I got plans for tonight we'll take care of that whenever I have time wouldn't you consider that situation foolish wouldn't you say my goodness how can you put off something so important well let me tell you even more dangerous than faltering breaks is unconfessed sin And yet that's what many Christians do today. It's no big deal. It doesn't exist. God understands. And what they fail to realize is that sin endangers their life. You want to cleanse your inner being? You want God to make you pure? Confess your sin. Deal with it. Address it. Say, Lord, I got a problem. I don't want to admit it because I think I'm the most wonderful thing in the world, but I got a problem. I know I look good in this dress, but I got a problem, Lord. Help me to address it. You want to cleanse your inner being? Deal with your your sin quickly. The second thing that cleanses your inner being is when you read and you apply the word of God daily. It's when you read and you apply God's word daily look at what Ephesians five twenty six says and this is talking about Jesus in the church and and look at what Paul says about the about what Jesus did towards the church he says to make her holy and clean wash by the cleansing of what God's word god's word cleanses us how how exactly does it cleanse our inner being well let me give you some ways that it does number one it identifies it helps you to identify it helps you to recognize the bad the wrong and the sin inside of you not to condemn you but to bring you to repentance Not to say, oh, you're a liar and a thief and and you're miserable. No, no, no. It it exposes our condition so that we could change. The second way that it cleanses us is that it strengthens my spirit with hope. When we read God's word and we don't just read it as a book, but we read it as a conversation between us and God, it gives us hope and hope strengthens us. The other thing, that the word of God does is that it renews your soul with truth. It renews your soul with truth. You know, this, the, the two days that we spent out there, one of the things that I hadn't been able to put my finger on was, and I've shared it with you in previous occasions that because we migrated to this country when we were little, we really didn't have a lot of family So my family has always been the church, right? So the church is obviously not a perfect family, right? So with all the joys come all the pains. And to a certain extent, because of everything that happened in COVID, one of the things that I began to believe was that my church family had failed me, had abandoned me. That's me. It's not you. That's me, okay? Don't, don't take it personal. And you know what? Today, as we were singing, where we were singing that last song, there's a phrase on there that says, you brought me into this family. Right. You know what? As I was just singing that, the Holy Spirit was ministering to me the truth that the church is my family right. and that it's not a perfect family but that it is God's family. And you want to know something? Here's here's what God's word word said to me. We are family not because of what you do or because of what I do. We're a family because of who he is. He's our father. You may not want to be my sister and my brother, but he's still my father. Amen. Amen. So, it gives you, it, it renews your soul with truth. The other thing that it does is that it shows you the path to life and blessing, right? We all want, want, want to be able to truly live and be blessed. And then last but not least, it fills your mind with peace. There's something wonderful about knowing that God is in control. There's something wonderful about knowing that God knows what he's doing. And when we read God's word, it gives us So the first thing we need to do if we want to change our way of thinking is that we need to cleanse our inner being. The second thing that we need to do is that we need to feed our mind good food. You need to feed your mind good food. We've all heard the saying, right? You are what you eat, right? I'm a bunch of donuts and burgers and steaks. That's what I am, right? Right? Well, the same is true about your thought life. You see, our minds are very curious and hungry. Our mind is constantly wanting to be fed. And if you are not intentional about feeding it good things, the enemy will feed it a bunch of junk. You know, Lorena does something so wonderful because she loves me and the kids. And you know what that is? She doesn't buy us junk food. We don't have junk food in our house. Not always, sometimes. Because she's she's not a dictator. She's she's kind and generous. And once in a while, she'll let us cheat. But for the most part, when she goes to buy you groceries, she doesn't come back with Oreos and donuts and hot Cheetos and, and uh, you know, all that stuff. You know why? You know why? Because if we have it at home, what are we going to do? But if we have edamame and I'm, and I'm craving a snack and there's edamame there, what am I going to do? Eat edamame. If there's strawberries and the kids are not craving a snack and there's strawberries, what are they going to do? Eat strawberries. But if there's Oreo cookies and Hot Cheetos and Snickers and, and, and all that other junk food... Guess, guess what we're going to do? We're going to eat it. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. By the way, I'm not giving you a, a lesson on nutrition. okay? I, <laughs> let me tell you something. I'm looking forward to that glorified body in heaven. I, I'm looking forward to it. In fact, I asked somebody today, I asked somebody this week, I said, Hey, what do you think our bodies are going to look like when we're in heaven? And this person was so awesome that he said, they're going to look exactly like the one you have. So awesome. I was like, oh man, thank you for making me feel good. You know, I know he was lying, but it still made me feel good. Look at what Philippians 4, 8 says. Look at what it says. It says, keep your minds thinking about what? Where the Kardashians are. About what Elon Musk is going to do next? About what the next variant is going to be? No. Keep your minds thinking about whatever is what? True. Whatever is respected. Whatever is right. Whatever is pure. Whatever can be loved. And whatever is well thought of. If, these things, if there is anything good and worth giving thanks for, think about these things. Amen. So here's my question. Could it be that maybe you haven't been able to change your life because you keep feeding your thoughts junk? You know, what you watch, where you go, what you listen, who you talk to, has a lot to do with what fills your mind. So, Pastor, what, what what is good food we could feed our mind? I'm glad you asked. Are you ready? Yes. You better write these down. Write them down. Not not you better. You should write these down. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I said you better. You should write these down. You want to feed good food to your to your mind? Here's the first one, God's word. We just talked about it, right? Read it, meditate on it, memorize it. Memorize God's word. It will fit, it is good food to your life. It is good food to your mind. Here's another one, here's another one. Read some good books. Read some good books. Read autobiographies. Read, read, read something that is beneficial to you. There's so many good books. If you, want, if you want some, come talk to me or come talk to Angel. We've we, we got a list we'll give to you. Read a good book. Here's another uh, way to give good food to your mind. Have some good conversations with good people. You know what a good conversation is? A good conversation is not when you sit there criticizing, talking about someone. That's not a good conversation. A good conversation is when you're there and you talk about... God's truth. You talk about good things where, where, where you can open up to somebody, where you can receive from somebody. Bad company corrupts good habits. Here's another one. What's good food? Healthy entertainment. Healthy entertainment. That's why I don't watch the Raiders play. They're bad for my thought life. Oh, I'm choking. I'm choking. I know there's some Raider fans here, so. Good entertainment. I, I, I've shared with you guys in the past that in our home, we don't watch scary movies. Not because we're scared, because we have the conviction that that doesn't provide any good for our spirit or for our minds, especially for our kids. But, but that's us. That's us. That's a conviction that God has given us. Okay? So good, healthy entertainment. And here's another one. journal journal oh pastor but i'm a man man don't journal well you should it's good for you to be able to look back two years from now and know what you are going through because most likely you will see the goodness of god journal i have a journal there's an app called five minute journal i recommend you to download it and use it and it takes less than five minutes It'll help you to develop gratitude. It will help you to have perspective. And let me tell you, it's so amazing how the Holy Spirit uses it to really reveal what God is doing in our lives. Amen? Here's the last one. Here's the last one. To change your way of thinking, you gotta steward your thoughts well. You gotta steward your thoughts well. Let me tell you something that, that you need to understand. You can't control your thoughts. You can Control your thoughts. You can control what fills your mind. You can control the thoughts that come to your mind, but you can't control whether those thoughts stay in your mind or you reject them. Did you know that? Yeah. You are not a victim. You are in control. If you are in Christ, you can control what fills your mind. You're not this useless you know, uh, piece of mass, thank you, you know, that just kind of has to take whatever. No, look at what Second Corinthians 10, 5 says. He says, we break down every thought and proud thing that puts itself up against the wisdom of God. We take hold of every thought and make it obey christ if you are a christian you can steward you have control over your thoughts because there is no thought that is greater than the work of christ there is no thought that is greater than the power of christ so so the way you can cleanse your mind is by having control by stewarding your thoughts by having by controlling what comes in and what comes out now how do you steward your thoughts I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up here and, and I'm gonna ask them to get ready. And I'm gonna, we're actually gonna look at the second one and then we're gonna look at the first one first. As we were worshiping, God put something in my heart and I just wanna be obedient. So how do you steward your thoughts well? Well, the second the second way, which we're gonna look at first, is that you seek to please God with your thoughts. How do you steward your thoughts well, will seek to please God with your thoughts. Look at what Psalm 19, 14 says. It says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. If we seek to please God with our thoughts, and by the way, God knows our thoughts, will steward our thoughts well. Hey, every morning when you wake up, it's okay to tell God, God, help me to think things that please you. God, you know that annoying person I have to go and sit next to for eight hours while I work? Help me to have thoughts that are pleasing to you. God, we're going to go see my mother-in-law today. Help me to have thoughts that please you. Sanctify your thoughts. Amen. Look at what David said in Psalm 139, 23. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. In other words, give, recognize that God has access to your thought life and seek to please him. When you do that, you'll reject negative thoughts and you'll embrace the positive thoughts, right? But, but, but here's the first way. Here's the first way that you steward your, your thoughts well. It's you see God's best for your life. See, a lot of the negative thoughts come when we believe the lies of the enemy. But when we learn to see God's best for us, that changes how we think and what we think. And it'll change our behavior. Did you know this? Listen to me. Did you know that there's over 700 promises in the Bible from God to you? Over 700 of them. And not just 700, those are 700 promises that apply to every believer. But there are those personal promises that God has given to each one of us, right? There's some things that God has promised me because of his calling in my life that are different to the promises that he's given to Leslie, that are different from the promises he's given to Bobby. So you have to think about those promises. Now, let me tell you something. There is a powerful tool to help you focus on God's promises. You wanna know what it is? You ready for this? It's called worship.
0: We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing.